morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are, and welcome to the 4K podcast, episode number 20. I'm David, and I'll be joined today by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers, Alan, Darren, and Mark. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, the premises of them is that we pick a theme, and then we choose four songs or albums related to those themes. Uh, In today's show, we're going to conclude the long ongoing saga of the review of albums of 1980. This is the third parter and we've got six more albums to do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. (laughs) Guys, hi there. Welcome. Hope you're all doing well. Um, It's a Thursday night for those some of us on the on the call might be following some certain football matches, but um, that won't interfere with the with the music talk that we're going to be having. Um, Mark, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I had a day off today, day off tomorrow, day off Monday. So I'm um, <laughs> yeah, I'm tickety boo. I'm feeling uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel weekend. like I've had a bit of a recharge. Yeah, a bit of a recharge. Yeah, um, went off to Dundee, my old stomping ground. Uh, to see a, a, a very a very dear friend and uh, had had a fantastic day. Fantastic. Um, ended up on a place called Kinsholi Beach, and um, wow, the weather was brilliant. Oh, it's like, still high, te- high teens. Top. And uh, yeah, it was all good. All good. Excellent Life's stuff. Good. Excellent. That's great. Alan <clears throat> Jones, Aka Loretta, today. How are we doing, Loretta? Um. I'm all right, thank you, Brian. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, yeah. The sun's setting now in uh, darkest Luton, and uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing what you uh, you guys are going to come up with tonight. Smashing, and uh, yeah, everything's okay. Lovely, lovely, and in the Jones household. In the Jones, good to hear. Okay, and Darren Parr, uh, mighty. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, you may be distracted because your team is playing in a new European football tournament. It's a brand new tournament. It's the only European tournament you need to know about. And it's the mighty Europa Conference League. Yeah. Okay. It's up there with the Intertoto. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's the, the Johnston's paint of Europe. And yeah. the Tesco trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know in Scotland there is now a Papa John's Cup? Oh, yeah. Uh, a Papa John, named after the uh, the pizzeria. Pizza, wow. Do you do you have a Papa John's in England? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah we've got we've, we've got the Papa John Cup. So I think Spurs uh, will be promoted to the Papa John Cup once <laughs> they qualify from, if they're good enough. from the conference. Yeah, we can dream. We can dream as long as we don't Spurs it up. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But yeah, looking forward to this. Hopefully, we can. Close off the 1980s well, albums tonight, and then. Who's Spurs fans here tonight, isn't there as well? Yeah. They're, they're all most weeks. Admitted he's a Spurs fan. Yeah. Interesting. Some staunch Arsenal fans listening to this as well. Oh. <laughs> we won't go into that. And and I'm back off a couple of weeks away in Wales, and what was really good for me, one of one of the highlights was catching up with a friend of mine Cliff Dowse who I've mentioned previously he used to live round the corner um, I was number 144 on the road and he was number 60 or something like that um, he happened to only be about 20 minutes drive away from where we were staying in um, in Wales and where, was, whereabouts were you staying day? I was staying in uh, a place called New Radnor, High Dawn, High Stewart if you're listening oh, to this right. 
not the one beginning with P then. No, no, that uh, was part of a little trip that we did. Port something, was it? <laughs> I really don't know now. Oh, uh, I can't remember. So far, it was so long ago. Um, but it, it was, was so good. Long ago, you've lost your Welsh accent. Yep. <laughs> Um, and it was really good seeing friend Cliff. So uh, if anyone was to go onto Amazon and and search on their learn learn guitar music tabs, Cliff Douse, you'll find his books on there. Success successful guy. On that front, um, but anyway, so back to 1980, way back to 1980. Um, we've got six more to get done. Mark, you're going to lead us off with your third choice. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, this this actual podcast, 1980, four albums each, it seems like we've, we've been doing it for a year. It, yeah. it really does. It's been six weeks. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners, because I've been telling a few friends, uh, one, of, one of whom I saw today, um, <laughs> no, we haven't finished 1980 yet. Christ, get a move on. So I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball in here because I know I gave you two, David. Yeah. Um, one I'm sticking by. The other, though, I've substituted. Um, the one, the one that I had was ACDC, um, Back in Black, and I thought, you know, that's a wee bit obvious. It is a brilliant album, um, and for any lovers and connoisseurs or, or just people who just like to get up and bang their heads. Back to black or back back in black is is, is a fantastic album. Um, you shook me all night night long, hell's bells. Anyway, I'm not picking that one. I'm picking punk band. Uh, they kicked off in uh, I believe 1977 uh, from Northern Ireland. Uh, they, they they started uh-huh. off in Belfast and they spoke a lot about what was going on in, in, back then. And I wasn't I wasn't a big punk fan. Uh, but in the last few years, well, in the last 10 years, as, as, as my choice of music became more eclectic, I started getting into a lot, a lot more stuff. Punk was one of them. And this band stuck out for me. Um, they were huge. They were, they were really popular when I was at school, and I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. And it's Stiff Little Fingers. The album is Nobody's Heroes. And I have to say, I have played it relentlessly um since we had our last podcast and the reason i've played it relentlessly is to remind myself of how actually great it was and it's not just punk when you when you go into it um you find tracks like track six it's called bloody dub bloody dub reminds me of the old fella because that's what he used to refer to them as um wasn't a big fan of the dubs don't know why they're lovely people uh, bloody dub doesn't make it all right there's a wee bit of reggae this 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 reggae gotta get away is the opening track as well the basement is it's just it pumps right through you um but there are some really um thought-provoking songs in there as was their want they wanted to be different too um, you know the likes of um, Fergal Sharkey and uh, the the undertones from from Derry. They wanted to be warts and all, uh, blood and gore. This is what's going on in in the north of Ireland um, at at a time when it was just brutal um, between 1977 and 80. So 
this album goes in there, and I've got I've got a call out Andy Slav for this one. Um, it, it went under the radar, and then I had a wee read of the Facebook comments, and I thought, do you know something? This sticks out like a sore thumb for 1980. It 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 just um it it hold, it holds it in an album to you know it takes a lot for one album to say this this is actually what's going on right now, and because uh, you know a lot of bands sing songs about love and they sing songs about things that are more generic. This was more um, focused. Uh, songs like "Fly the Flag." "Fly the Flag" is a total tongue-in-cheek, um, sarcastic pitch on what Great Britain thought it was back in 1980. And bearing in mind, in 1981, we had the, the hunger strikes and all the rest of it. It was it was a, it was a very very torrid time. And "Fly the Flag," or as we would say, "Fly the Flag," uh, for all you listeners in the north. Uh, it's 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 all a total piss take of, of the Union Jack and what it stands for and how and it's it's quite pertinent today, isn't it, about Brexit and how we um you know we have these these folk and I hope I don't offend anybody, but they just think that by waving a flag it'll solve the problems of the world when it bloody well won't. It simply won't. Um Bloody Dove I love is it's an acoustic it's great. Nobody's hero, the, the, the title track of the album. It's it's decent, but it wouldn't be my favourite. Uh, and Tin Tin Soldiers is another great one as well. It's all about that time up at seventeen to join the army, and it reminds me of a time um, back in ooh would have been I think it was eighty five, and uh, there was an incident in Uri, and I remember passing a lad. The whole the area was cordoned off. It was after a shooting. I passed this young lad, and I, I swear to God, he was. Obviously, he was a British soldier, sort of British soldier, and if I'd said said boo to him, he probably would have pulled the trigger. He was that nervous. He just he had, he had the look of fear in his eyes. And this is only like thirty years ago. Anyway, I don't want to get down the political line, but it's a political album and a, a political band in many respects, and they are completely under the radar. Um, but I'm going to choose for the for the, for the sake, sake of expediting the uh, the podcast. I'm going to choose the Stiff Little Fingers, Nobody's Heroes, and as my third choice for 1980. Excellent. Can you, can you give me a, a song that you want us to put on the playlist? You got a standout? Yeah, out? I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with. Well, I was thinking Bloody Dog, but it's it's more an instrumental. I'm going to go with Fly the Flag because I think um, it, it it resonates with me greatly. That's the important <laughs> thing. Oh, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one that's um, flown under my radar. You know, I've always heard of the Stiff Little Fingers and never really listened to them as far as I can remember. So. They've had many incarnations as well. I think they're only two lads that are still, you know, part, part of the original band. Yeah. One, like, the bass guitarist, he came, um, Ali McMorty, and he came back after 14, 15 years. But the the lead singer, I believe, he's he's still going strong. Yeah, Jake Burns. Yeah, that's the boy, Jake Burns. Yeah, and they're all, they're all Belfast lads. I mean, they moved over to London um, as as many bands did, uh, and there was a wee bit of tension between. I mean, the two big punk bands from from Northern Ireland um, were Stiff Little Fingers, who were it was like the Oasis and Blur. So the undertones are more like Blur, and Stiff Little Fingers are more Oasis. Mm. Um, but they, they they loved each other in the end, and I think a lot of a lot of the um, contempt at the time was 
born out of jealousy. Um, but there's there's a mutual respect now between the two bands. Yeah. Yeah, I bought the first album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Inflammable Material. I've got that one uh, with uh, Alternative Ulster on that was a big single. Uh, but uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, you mentioned the bass player coming back. Uh, his boots were filled for a long time by Bruce Foxton. Yeah. Bass uh, player from the Jam. Yeah. Yep. That's the boy. Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I must admit, I think um, like in 1980, I was kind of looking for different, maybe more melodic type. Um, mm new wave bands um slightly going off the angst and that's probably why i haven't got it uh but yeah I've, i mean i often play um you know the alternative alternative the um the um inflammable material it's got a lovely cover a black cover with um like a red you know danger kind of thing you can see it now and i'm trying to think of some of the other good tracks on there but uh yeah they've they've always had a very um uh, a strong following, um, you know, in the punk scene and afterwards. Uh, I've never seen them live, but um, I'm sure they'd be very good to see, even now. Yeah. As I know Jake, I know Jake, uh, Jake Burns is very, um, he's, he's very, still very serious about, you know, things like, you know, the struggles and things like that. Um, He's often referenced, isn't he? Or he, he gets involved in a lot of discussion. Yeah. 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 You know, if you want to talk about music in uh, in Northern Ireland at a certain period, you, you, you're definitely going to reference him. Yeah. Mm, cool. Yeah. Well, Mark, I confess. So calm down. Yeah, that's okay. I was just going to say, uh, nice choice, and I need to have a listen to the both sides of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the thing about them is, if you if you want to enter, if you wanted to introduce yourself to punk, mm. um, they're, mm. they're one of the bands that are worth uh, listening to first before you start getting into the hardcore stuff. Okay. Um, and I and I think for me, like every punk band or most punk bands, should I say, uh, as my dad would say, oh, that's just bloody noise. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to, if you read the lyrics, you listen to the lyrics. Uh, there's a lot of serious shit in there, and um, SLF were were a were a band who who harassed that and um, took took it into the mainstream because a lot of the time. So I was, I was just going to say, because a lot of the time in the eighties, so, you know, um, I mean, we can say what we like about the BBC and all the rest of it, and but. Um, you know, Ireland became so um, daily, and it was problematic. But it was swept; a lot of it was swept under the carpet. And in, in 1980, it was it was absolutely at its peak. And these guys were trying to reach out to the wider audience to say, "This shit is going on, and it's going on your doorstep." And um, yeah, they, they 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 did a great job with. All three of their best albums, and uh, I hope, hope to see them someday live. And uh, as as they say in Scotland, "Long may their lum reek." They're probably um, the nearest you you probably get to them in these days. That the music is 
I guess they're it's very similar to Idols, the band from Bristol. Yes. Yeah. And also, um, of course, um, the Fountains DC, which are obviously from there, from Derry City, Fountains DC. Um, so very fast, loud music, almost shouting, uh, but very energetic and. Uh, and, and great, great to listen to. Yeah, there's, there's actually a wee touch of Thin Lizzy. If you listen to some of this album, uh, there's a wee touch of Thin Lizzy halfway through it as well. Oh, um, it just, it just sounds like it. You can, you can tell that their influences there from the bands of the time, like Boomtown Rats, Thin Lizzy. Even though Thin Lizzy were on the kind of rock end of things, and and the Rats were commercial punk. Uh, well, I've really enjoyed Idols and Fontaine's DC lately, so I definitely need yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely put those very, very, very similar sounds. Yeah, okay. they do. I hope you guys oh, have been picking up the vinyl. Sorry. Have you been picking up any of the vinyl? There's quite a lot coming out recently. Fontaine's DC and Record Store Day. Yeah. Yeah, I've had their two albums so far. Um, yeah, I got both their albums. Did you get the Dog Roll on Yellow Vinyl, I think it was, signed when that came out? Pick that one up. I forget, what, I forget what color mine is. Yeah. I, I, I think mine, I've got mine from Rough Trade. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I can't remember now. I've got it behind me. But um, the second album I got as a double, was it, I've got the 45 RPM one. Oh, the yeah. One with the blue cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, choice, Mark. Mark, have you ever seen them? Yeah. No, I'd love to. I, I really would. Now, now that I'm, I'm going through my middle age crisis, I've started buying a lot of um, um, retro rock T-shirts. Uh, I think the next move yeah, is a hard idea. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got my Queen European Tour 1984 on here at the minute. Yeah, nice. With if any if anybody for a bonus point, name the film that this represents on the front cover on the front of the T-shirt. Oh. For those watching in black and white, it is the film Metropolis. Sorry, I was going to—I was trying to say that I was trying to blow up the picture, and I can't get your picture up. Yeah, it's 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 from the film Metropolis. I think it was uh, made yeah. in nineteen twenty uh, or twenty-one by uh, a great German director Fritz Lang, and uh, it was used in the famous video Radio Gaga. Um, where the, the the robot comes to li- comes to life, so that's, that's the robot on the front. There you go. I'm just boring, boring okay. the arse off you there. <laughs> so no, I, I, so yeah, I'm going through a bit of a midlife crisis. I'm buying all these t-shirts. I think the next move is a Harley Davidson, mm. and uh, and, to, and to 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 drive to see stuff little fingers on my Harley. <laughs> Don't, I've just seen a guy. I've just seen a photo on Facebook. A good friend of mine who's who's somewhere in Wales. And there are obviously four blokes on their bikes. It, it's all, what's it, Groundhog? What's the name of the, the film? The four blokes that go off on their big bikes? Ooh, Wild Hogs, oh is it? God. Wild Hogs or something like Wild that. Hogs, that's yeah. the one, that's the one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, my uh, cousin Colin, shout out to him in Manchester. Him and his, his friend, um, they did uh, Route 66. Oh, yeah. From Chicago, 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 all the way across, isn't it, to Los Angeles? Is it? Or I think it is. Yeah, yeah. the Route 66. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a lot of that was on a bike. Impressive. Yeah. 
impressive. Okay, let me do my third selection then. Yeah. Um, I just want to pick up on something Mark was saying earlier on. There were a lot of bloody good albums, weren't there, in 1980? There's so many that I've not picked. Um, Alan Parsons, Turn of a Friendly Card, Steve Hackett, Defector, I saw that tour. No one's got Stevie Wonder, Hotter Than July. Oh, yeah, great album. John Lennon, Double Fantasy, OMD's Organisation, Teardrop Explodes, Kilimanjaro, Associates in Affectionate Punch, uh, Split Ends, True Colours, Grace Jones, Warm Leatherette, yeah. uh, Pete Townsend, Empty Empty Glasses. Yeah, could have been. Uh, and, and Feelies, the Feelies. Was that the first one, Crazy Rhythms? Never heard of that. You haven't heard of that? <laughs> okay. Right. No, no, Mate, that that might, be a, might be a late fourth choice for me. Um, <laughs> okay. However, I am going to go with the boss. So following his darkness on the edge of town, he had an unplanned three-year pause to deal with a lawsuit. Um, I'm not sure what that lawsuit was about. But when he came back, he, he, he returned with a new lease of life with a double album um, uh, and sounding very much like a man with a new lease of life, The River. Uh, he had a new sound and it was the beginning of The Boss as we would come to know him. So it ties in what I was saying on, on the last one about 1980 being a quite a transitional year for a number of people. Um, so they tightened up quite a lot of the arrangements. They actually stripped down their sound so... I actually quite liked his first few albums. I, I liked some of the complexity. I liked the way it was layered. What it wasn't, it wasn't that big totemic, big big sound that he, he then came up with, um, this new rock-sounding record, which he, he started uncovering as part of um, the, the River. He didn't completely give up his, his sort of R&B and soulful influences. Um, he just let the guitars ring out a bit more. There's a bit more jangle than there had been before. Um, but he managed to blend it, it sounded tighter, and you know, like even just how it was all produced, the bombs had sorry, the drums had more boom in them. Um and he set up a house with this set of songs that would comprise um the sounds that he would have in future years for Nebraska, born in the USA. Um, he sounds really confident, so it's a little bit. It's 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 that sort of grown into himself, and I guess that three years gave him a chance to hone his art, decide what he wanted to be. And for me, the river is one of his uh, very best albums. And a shout out, I think, on our Facebook, it might have been Kieran who'd said that, who had this down as one one of his ones. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. So give this a spin, and you understand why. Um. He was um, clearly trying to work out where he was going to go. Uh, and with this one, he found the room not to, just to include some of the older sounds, but come up with this more up, uplifting sound. And it was one of those things where, well, sorry, a double album. I mean, that, that's obviously a lot of music to to prepare, but I guess having had a, a three-year break, there's probably more than that he could have done. Uh, it kicks off the the album with the the ties that bind, so that'd be my choice as to which which song to add in here, and it's where you see here the the new sound, the new tone, would lead on to Born to Run. In in the future, um, it's bright and it's sunny. Um, it's almost poppy in its nature. 
good old Clarence's saxophone blasts out that Philly sound that we love so much on there. Um, there's a bit of crowd noise added and, and hand claps. So I think he's working with different mediums as well, trying to give it something else to, to, to help. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually a relationship album, relationships between men and women, friends and family, work, even one where he comes to identify issues of his own identity. Um, perhaps nothing new for Bruce on a few fronts, but you know this helps sort of build up his vision as to who he wants to be, what he wants to wear. And this is the album for, for Bruce where he leaves his humble, small Newtown Jersey roots behind him and becomes a lot more universal. Great, great sounds for me. Um, it's, it is that transitional album where I said, and he's combining it with, you know, him as the artist, the man that he's become. Um, and it flows, it's stormy, it's strong like a river, um, a little bit unpredictable. And heading down those waters, eyes wide, heavy a little, sorry, heart a little heavy, but somewhat hopeful. Um, it begins a long journey of what Springsteen is going to be as a man as he as he's sort of developed now to this fully fledged person where he's he's uh, empowered himself to talk about politics, folk music, family life, all those different things. Um, for me, it's it's one of those great albums. Um, uh, there's laughing, there's crying, there's howling at the moon that's quoted in there. And it's one of the, the great rock and roll albums. It gets left behind because he's obviously had other ones which have been more successful. Um, call him what you will. Um, I like to call him by his moniker, The Boss. The river finds him filling those big shoes quite nicely. Rock on, The Boss. <laughs> oh, I couldn't have put that better. What a, what a great tribute to him. Um, I didn't get into him until 2007. And I remember the year quite clearly because um, I had a car crash just, just outside Liverpool. Somebody shunted the back of my hairdresser car at an MX-5 at the time. And uh, actually, my sister was in the car at the time in the passenger seat. This guy in a big Isuzu Trooper. Anyway, I digress. Um, I was, <laughs> prior to that, I was, I was heading towards actually my brother's house. So I was coming from work. I picked my sister up at Liverpool Speak Airport, as it's now known as John Lennon. And I was heading to Bitsbury in Manchester to see my brother with my sister. And we were just having a bit of a get together in 2007. And one of his flatmates, a uh, young lad, surname was Connolly. I, can't, I remember his brother's name, Peter. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he was obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. And I, I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a clue. Well, I knew about the boss. I knew about Born to Run. Mm. And he introduced me. This this young lad introduced me to Springsteen, and I, I listened to the River was the first album. Okay. The River was actually the first album he gave me, and uh, or, or gave me to listen to. And I, I just I fell for it. Completely fell for it. Loved it. I chose Nebraska as part of my way you back did, when. Yeah, I remember now. The Hollywood One Hundred. Um, do I stand by that as as, as my favourite of his? Yes, I, I, I yeah. do. But the river is was my introduction to Bruce Springsteen. Cool, great, fantastic album, great choice. Thank you, Darren. You've got something in your hand there. I have. I'm at, I picked up a bargain copy of this, so the double album. Oh man, well done. Good I think play. it was the original 1980. 
1980? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I've, got, I've got the theme now, guys. Uh, Just so three shows. I went in the record shop somewhere. I was working up somewhere in the Blandford area, something like that. And I'd have a look around, and it's only a tiny little shop. And he said, Do you want to have a look around my basement or my, my garage? I went, Yeah, okay. He said, Nothing's priced up yet. I went in, it was an Aladdin's cave. Oh, man. It was amazing. Um, so, but I ended up getting this for three or four quid i think jeez but there's a really annoying dink in hungry heart so it's oh. everybody got everybody got, everybody got. it's <laughs> a one-off hungry heart is okay but yeah <laughs> so, not so bad for a few quid pa- pa- pass that by me again some guy invited you downstairs to his garage yeah to I his basement there might be some dodgy stuff down there but there was uh, no, no gimp mask or anything like that so. you ever see the film you ever see the film falling down Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave you with that thought. Oh, <laughs> weirdly, I watched that recently last year. I got put that on, but yeah, great film. Yeah, but yeah, great film, great album. Uh, brilliant choice. Can't fault. Great it. choice. Yeah, can't yeah. say it enough. Has anyone said? Have you seen the? Uh, is it called Blinded by the Light? The Springsteen film. Oh, isn't that brilliant? The one set in Luke. Really yeah. Movie. yeah. And the river, song the river in that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was yeah. Sarah Luton. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm a as you know, I'm not a big film buff. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for, for years, I, for years, I couldn't get Springsteen at all. I, I, I didn't get it, and then it just suddenly it's a bit like A level maths. It clicks, you know. Oh, you, but, you're yeah. trying to get your head around it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, it's a bit like A level maths. Listen to me, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Did you get A level maths? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. I did a level bounce. <laughs> yeah, and, and for a long time I didn't play. Oh, I failed um, it. So, no, I, I, I have to say, um, once you get into Springsteen, and it's almost you, you have to put yourself into his journey. Um, you know how how he evolved and, and where he was coming from, yeah. where, where his roots are, and then you then you totally get it. You yeah. totally get it. Yeah, I think yeah, I was I, similar. I didn't, I didn't, didn't really get Springsteen. Uh, I think born in the USA, I think that helped a bit. Uh, some of the other tracks on there, but um, I really loved uh, Tunnel of Love. Oh, really? That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that I think generationally that was the first Springsteen album I owned. I remember having a cassette of that on my ghetto blaster. Yeah, I loved it. I loved that. I remember getting it on CD time and then I've since bought it on vinyl. Yeah, Uh, I I thought his album from a couple of years ago, Western Stars, was fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, I played that that to death. Honestly, it's one of those you can't, again, it's a double album. One of those you can sit down and play from start to finish. And he's just in in awe of it, and um, his voice on that's fantastic, and and the track Western Stars just whenever I hear it just makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand yeah. up. Yeah. And you've got plenty of them. I have, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hurry beast. Oh, d- yeah. <laughs> um, what what is good, of course, is he's adjusted his, you know, the the, the material he's releasing to his voice now. So even yeah, le- letter better. to you. Yeah. Um, but you know, subsequently, uh, yeah, subsequently, um, so that then 
a couple of years ago, HMV started, this, this was before the, really the vinyl revival, HMV started selling um, CDs quite cheap, and I picked up about 10 um, Springsteen albums. They're all um, Japanese-style CD oh, yeah. right. covers with, you know, with, uh, and yes, I picked up about 10 of those, and um, yeah, got those to listen nice. to, really nice. Of course, one of those is The River, great. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, Born to Run. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay then, uh, let's move on to the last round, shall we? Fourth picks. Yeah. Alan. Here we go. Alan. Uh, is it me? It is you. It's, it's now me. nineteen. It's now nineteen eighty-one. <laughs> <laughs> the clock's ticked over. Yeah. Okay, so right, this is my final choice from nineteen eighty, and it was a difficult choice because it was a great year. The music, as you know, we've all said, and, and uh, uh, you know that you know there were quite a few others I could have picked. Particularly, you mentioned there the Teardrop Explode, their first oh. album. Um, but I've gone with a band which, again, at the beginning, I didn't quite get them. I have to admit, when their first album came out in '77, they were a bit of a of a rival to my band. Yeah. I was really did love at that time and still do. And in fact, their latest album only came out last Friday. Um, but I didn't quite get them. I, but um, I certainly grew and have grown to love them. And also the lead singer is now one of my favourite um, artists. Um, I just buy everything you know, he brings out. I listen to everything. He's a great, great guy. Um, and, and in fact, um, this was their fifth album came out on the 28th of November, 1980. Uh, and the, the, the said frontman um, said that um, he considers it to be the band's best album. Band is the jam. The album is sound effects with an A, not an E. Yeah. Um, came out on the Polydor label. And um, it some school of thought, some references, saying, well, it sounds a bit like, you know, punk bands such as like um, Wire, like Wire Gang of Four, Joy Division. Uh, and then another person will say, well, it, it sounds, some of it sounds like Michael Jackson's Off the Wall uh, and also references to the Beatles. I think it's a bit of a mishmash. It's certainly... An indication of Weller moving away. Start. You can. You can. You can see that he's starting to produce these records with not just just you know thrash and guitar, but um, more more melodic and musical underscores. Um, great production on this as usual from Vic Copper Smith Heaven. Um, but some great tracks in here, and and probably the great track, the greater tracks, or the ones are the the ones that didn't make it to single. Um, there's two singles of this, Start, and also That's Entertainment. Um, but, you know, the opening tracks are pretty green. Um, it's all about uh, money. Um, and, in fact, that's now become uh, the frontman, Paul Weller. Uh, if you haven't guessed the Welly already, um, that's his clothing label. Pretty green, so he's still making money. 
Um, but yeah, some, some great tracks in here. Uh, um, and probably my favourite um, is a track um, called Set the House Ablaze. And I can distinctly remember um, seeing the band, uh, the, the Rainbow, um, on this tour, on the Sound Effects tour. And um, the, the, the two spotlights, and suddenly, I mean, the, the, the the stage was, was dark black and the next minute the, the two spotlights just went red spotlights onto Foxton and to Weller and they're doing their jumping around at the start of it and uh, yeah I always had a great I was up in the circle a bit with a great view of that and that will stay with me forever fantastic um, band like um, and um, I don't know there's been another band like it really um, Certainly, the way you know how Paul Weller's matured um, over the years. He's always he's always doing something. He's always bringing music out. He's not standing still. He's not you know relying on his back catalogue. He could easily have done that, you know. And he, he, he you know as a solo artist, and even before that, you know, with the Style Council, you know, went went with that. But um, this was a sign that he had he had something more in his. Oh, it's very complete, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Very complete. What what he was delivering with 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 start, you know, it's not just it's not a yeah. punk or a post punk band anymore, is it? That's it's a lot more than that. Yeah, and, and and the lyrics as well. I mean, um as well, it just just gives you something more to it wasn't just verse chorus verse chorus, and there's something you know, just something deep down in the lyrics. Um, some great tracks inside too. Man in the corner shot often touted as one of the jam's best ever best ever tracks probably heard by yeah fans but you know you know people who would know like town called malice and say oh yeah i like the jam you know probably never heard if they haven't bought the album you know they wouldn't have heard that track on track on side one sorry first track on side two um so great album um it's uh got a great cover as well um, kind of replicates those BBC pastiche. sound effects. Yeah, it's a pastiche of uh, BBC sound effects yeah. uh, albums. And um, so this is my original cover from my one from 1980. And um, then, a, and um, then just a few years ago, there was a great re-release. Uh, it was very, very limited. It's only sold in Tesco's. 2000 of these made it made it out and um there's a lovely version on oh, yeah. that is very collectible um again got a look you know the lovely cover um but strangely enough by chance i was in a uh hitching um, one of my towns local to me on last saturday and so as I normally do, I go through the into the collectible collectible stores that selling bric-a-brac and quite a few of them these days, they do have quite a good um, selection of vinyl. Anyway, been in to my usual haunts. And on the way back, staggering back towards Waitrose to do a bit of shopping, um, we I, I went through this arcade and there was some box of records out the front. And I flipped through and I flipped through that's all right. So what does he want for this? And he said it said like two pound fifty for or no, three pound or two pound fifty for two. Anyway, 
I went through, picked up some. And then, um, what should I see right at the back? Oh, wow. But sound effects. And this is, at, this is the first volume <laughs> originally brought out on the BBC records. So it's got all <clears> stuff <throat> like the weather. Inside atmosphere. Oh, brilliant. Bells, clocks, baby, entertainment. That's <laughs> entertainment. Um, outdoor events, aircraft, ships. So, look, for the benefit of, uh, of the listeners, Alan's got yeah. the uh, volume one of the BBC sound effects album. Um, which you, the, the cover is is clearly what uh, it's I, identical identical to what the the jam put out. Um, yeah. It's um, number eighty because it came out in nineteen eighty. Uh, very good. Oh, yeah. yeah, but um, yes, yeah, great album. Um, it's not very long; it's only just over thirty-five minutes. You get through it. Yeah. Um, but some great drumming on there. Um, you know, you know, Rick Buckler, and again, some great bass playing by a certain uh, Bruce Foxton, who, of course, went on to play yeah, the Stiff Little Fingers, as, as we mentioned earlier, yeah. and also was on my honeymoon, stalking me. Um, oh, uh, good thing you had a king-size bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and your boy from Dexy's. And your boy from Dexy's. Yeah, Dex, he's he's staying in the same hotel as <laughs> We were on our honeymoon in Rhodes and he was staying in the same hotel. I'm sure I've told you this before. Um, but yeah, was talking, we were talking to him one one night. It was a group of lads talking to him. And then another time he got up from his chair and he said, oh, where's the bolts? Where's the bolts? And then we were, the four of us, his, um, I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend at the time, and my wife and... Yeah, she was my wife, not my girlfriend at the time. Um, no, Julie. Um, she, uh, yeah, we're dancing to the Human League. Don't you want me, baby? Class. On a rooftop disco in Rhodes in June 84. But, yeah, great album. Strongly recommend it. Brilliant. Before we do the and rounds. My final choice. And who, which which of the uh, the tracks on that album are you going to put forward? I'm going to go for Set the House Ablaze each day, uh, which is uh, the fourth track on side one. Good I'll just choice. say, yeah, just say uh, my, my yeah. favourite my favorite would have been Start, one of my favourite all-time tracks. Yeah, yeah I, was, I like Start. I like Pretty Green as well, because the track itself is brilliant. Yeah. The track, isn't it? yeah, yeah, and a good oh, shout, a shout out there to our friend, uh, our friend Mark, the Watford fan, uh, who lives in Bury St. Edmunds now. Um, he, he actually said, Yeah, where you know, when, when we suggested we were going to do these, um, he said, Yeah, I'll bet one of your albums is going to be the jam, and he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, really like it all. Um, I have to say, I, I wish uh, it's times like these. You know, you were saying you got married in '84. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I wish to God I was like ten years. I'd, I'd been born in like '62, '63 because some of the gigs that you guys were privileged to go to uh, mm-hmm. in the um, yeah. '70s and and, and the '80s, um, we we cry out for right now. We really would. 
Um, you know, David sent on that offer of two tickets to see Genesis in Birmingham, and Phil Collins is a he's, he's God God bless him. He's he's a shadow of himself right now. Yeah. And you think of all these fantastic bands, including the Jam, um, who we could have seen. You just could have rocked up, and I mean, you yeah. could have seen Queen and Cork. I've got a chip. I've got a stub from a guy who gave it to me when I. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. A guy who gave me the stub. <laughs> Carry on quickly. <laughs> when it was when it was uh, it was in a bar in Uri with my dad, and a, a lovely guy called Morris. He was a huge Queen fan. He knew I was a massive Queen fan. My dad let him know this, and he took all his memorabilia out, and he gave oh. me a stub to see Queen in Cork City in 1979. The sum total of six. Irish punts, you know, and you, and you just think to yourself, "Wow!" And, you, and, and now you, you 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 pay 170 quid to see Phil Collins sit in a chair yeah. and uh, and sing. Uh, this is a great album. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say you know, sound effects is their best, but Start is on there and starts a fantastic um, fantastic song. Um, I, I do love Town Called Malice and uh, the, oh, what do you call it, the, the, um, the tube, down, down the tube station at midnight. Yeah. Love that. It, it, it just, he, Weller goes from, he kind of morphs himself a bit like, you know, we talk about Bowie a lot, but Weller's gone from like, he's always, he's the mod father, as they call him, but morphing himself from the, from the jam to style council to himself, he's um, yet another person in a different way under the radar, but a huge, huge talent. Um, I'd love to have seen them live. Yeah. The jam, a, a three piece like the police, they would have been great to see. Yeah, yeah, saw the saw the jam twice. Uh, saw them at the Rainbow and I saw them at Hammersmith Palais. I'm just waiting for a copy of that live album to come from. Uh, it was released a couple of a few years ago, and I didn't bother buying it. So it's an official release. So there's um, the jam at Hammersmith Palais um, around about December '84, I think. Um, maybe no, no, sorry, but uh, earlier than that. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to that coming. Very jealous you've seen them. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk about I this? Darren and, and I are on a, yeah, we're, we're, we're often similar at yeah, our experiences. And, yeah, but yeah, I said I didn't, I didn't get them at the beginning. I didn't quite get them. But the, I must say, yeah, the, the, but I soon did. The, the friends I hung with, they were got into them very early. They, they, saw, they saw them early doors and... You know, it's through them. I saw them a couple of times, including that that last gig that we talked about before in Brighton. Yeah. Brighton, yeah. Uh, yeah. And living no, south of the Mali river, Co yeah. My my friend Molly Coates had mentioned him in before. Uh, he he was the guy who who got into these got us into these bands, and um, I just couldn't couldn't take to them. I think part of it was because I had the Stranglers. The Stranglers were influencing yeah. me, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. a slightly different sound of the Stranglers and yeah. the Jam. Um, but yeah. Okay. yeah, great, great album. Now in the city, 
superb first album. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. Okay then, guys. So, Darren, on to you now, your your last one. Yeah, so my final choice. Um, again, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure if any of us have seen this band, I'm going to be insanely jealous. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think any of us would have done. Um, and I'm going to say not many of us could name any other artist from the town of Macclesfield. You might prove me wrong in a minute. Um, but this is a massively influential album. David's loving it. He must know somebody. Uh, my mate Nick's from Mac- <laughs> was born in Macclesfield, but that doesn't okay. really count, does it? Maybe, Don't think uh, it's really true. He hasn't released an album. Now this album is massively, it's massively influ- influential. And I think that the the influence it's had on bands, I think, can be sometimes underestimated. Um, but it's it, it, the influence has rubbed off a band such as U2 and The Cure, and more recently Interpol and Block Party and Editors. Uh, it includes Messrs. Stephen Morris, Peter Hook, Bernard Sumner, and Ian Curtis. Uh, we're talking about the album Closer by Joy Division, the legendary Joy Division, released in the summer of 1980, 18th of July. Um, the reason I think we might have struggled to see them is, sadly, Ian, as many of us know, passed away before the album came out. I think a few matter of weeks, I think, so early 1980. Um, I'd have been eight. Um, you guys might have been, I don't know, teens, just about. So um, you may well have seen them if you have. Stereo, stereo, <laughs> young teens. Whoa. Yeah, not you, Mark. Not you. Yeah, I know I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, no, you're all right. <laughs> You'd have been nine, right? I think just about. Yeah, it was. Yeah, what about? Don't bugger off. No, I was, <laughs> I was seven. You cheeky shite. Of course you were. Yeah. Was, all right. Tell you what. I tell you what, those two years in primary school, they count, all right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this album, moving on rapidly, um, I think Ian Curtis was just unique. Uh, everything from his lyrics to his really dark, haunting voice, the way he sung and his dancing, his insane, maniacal dancing was just... Yeah, exactly. Alan's doing it there. It was. It was all hands and. I think that was a robot. Yeah, he did that when I saw him live. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't wind me up. <laughs> you have it, have you? <laughs> the bugger is done. He's done us. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so sadly, this was obviously their final, their second, second and final studio album, which it's hard to believe, really, when you see a lot of. 10 and 11 year olds these days sporting Joy Division t-shirts all over the place, uh, which always surprises me. I don't know how they got that. I think it's just probably the artwork more than anything else or, or the cult following, but um, how, how people still are happy to, or kids that probably don't know the band that are wearing the t-shirts. I find that, maybe you can sort me out on that and explain why in a minute. Um, we mentioned Martin Hunnett quite a lot in our 1980 albums. This was again produced by Martin Hannett, released two months after the suicide of Ian. Um, Ian Curtis, he was extremely troubled, suffered a lot from epilepsy and depression, um, relationship issues due to that, and sadly died at just 23 years old. Um, The album reached number six, and it's recognised as a seminal release of the post-punk era these days. Uh, And as we said, a couple of our albums we've chosen, a few of them have been post-punk. Yeah. Um, and I think 
after the release of Love Terrace Apart, which isn't even on the album, I think it helped them to gain even more of a cult following because that was such a great single. Um, the tracks on this, I mean, Isolation's probably the most famous. And I'd like to go for Isolation on the playlist, I think, David, because it's just brilliant. But you've got Ooh. Heart and Soul and The Eternal. They're just so haunting when you listen to it and you can feel the um, the meaning in his lyrics, you know. Um, and Ian actually said while he was recording it that the album felt strange and that all the words had literally written themselves as though, as though saying he didn't concentrate on the lyrics. He didn't have to. He just sat down, wrote them, and the lyrics came. Um, and Bernard Sumner, obviously now with New Order and has been for many, many decades now, he said we'd go to rehearsals and talk about really banal things and we'd just do that until we couldn't talk anymore and then we just pick up our instruments and play everything just fell into place just like that um there's the album cover which again when you think of the album cover now for anyone that can't see this uh and let me just remember where it was it's a picture of a family tomb it's the apiani family tomb in genoa and even then, it shows that Ian, it's a piece of Savile picture, but even then, Ian Curtis must have been thinking Dark Force. There you go, Alan's showing me a big poster of it, upside down. That's an original poster from the time. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it an original? Yeah. Wow, nice. That's an original. Did that come with your album, got, did it? Must have got it from the music, from a music shop at the time. Oh, um, oh, oh, I'll fight you, boy. All the blue oh, tack. Oh, original Alan, blue tack. Alan, why the hell, why the hell is it folded up? That should be in a frame. Yeah. It, that should be in a frame. In a frame in, um, well, when we lived in. Uh, Alan, I'll, I'll tell you, you, tell you what we had. I can tell you what we had. Yeah. Right. We if, not, if, if it's not in the frame by Christmas, send it to Darren. Yeah, I'll frame it for you. Oh, ridiculous. Tell you what we have. He hasn't seen it live, but he's making me jealous with his posters. Oh, honest to God, he's got yeah. he's got more he's got more stuff on that house than we. I'm sure he's I'm sure, I'm sure he's got a ranch like South Fork. Yeah. yeah he's pulling he's some got, division out of his sound effects album. He's got another he's, one. He's got in one frame. What's that? that? So for the listeners, yeah, that's why I got his sound effects original poster out of his LP. Yeah, sorry, I forgot I had that. Yeah, oh, he's, nice. and, he, and, he's, and he's doing this and nothing but a man <laughs> yeah. So we're saving you all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. it's one of my favourite albums, Darren. Um, yeah. I remember going out and buying the original. I don't know, is yours an original? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, I've got a few pressings of it. This is the original here. You hold it up to the light. Is it red? No, I haven't got the translucent. I've always looked out for it. Yeah, I mean, they're worth a lot of money now. Yeah, some very early copies with kind of a red you trans- see that. Oh, right. I, I, I love the way Alan holds up these oh. vinyls above his head. It's like a <laughs> priest of communion. It's like a priest of communion. <laughs> this is the communion. <laughs> Was that the translucent so, one you got there, Alan? Well... <laughs> I've got a translucent one, yeah. Ah, he's making me so jealous. Yeah, Alan, Alan, Alan. If I can. Uh, um, Alan, I, I think. I, 
I wouldn't worry oh, too much, Alan. He's, he's gone. He's, he's going to wait for his dinner. Yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan, I think. Alan, I think you should um, you should make a promise to Darren this Christmas to um, to show it to him. You've got too much stuff. You've got way too much stuff. You've got to send him that poster (laughs) so that he he can put it he can put it in the frame. And uh, and and what I want you to do is just like you signed Cyril Swan on one of my photos many years ago. I want you to sign it in the back. <laughs> oh, we can do that. I'd rather not have it than sign it on the back. <laughs> Maybe Darren could trade something for it. Yeah, that's that yeah, yeah. Good, right? Mrs. Parr? Mrs. Parr? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you like my soul? Okay. Okay, Alan, you know you know that. That's definitely translucent. Yeah. You know you know. Wow. You know you know that Darren. That's one of his favorite albums of all time. Yeah, it is. I think it's. I think it's worth. If you, if you love him like you say you do, you'll send it on to. <laughs> or it means Darren, nothing. That's not enough. No, you're keeping that. Oh. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. What I say. Oh, fickle. Fickle. That, yeah, that's one of my treasured possessions. I bet it is. So is it full Joy Division, though. Aye, but it's all full it's not even enough. We got this one, Dad. Yes. Oh no, what's going on there? What's? Oh, do you know? I just missed out on a copy. I, I literally. Yeah. Is that the one they released in Manchester, weren't they, at the exhibition? Yeah. I got there. I went to the exhibition and missed the last copy. Apparently, you went to the Yeah, the right one. I. Yeah. My, uh, my cousin Susan. She's um. She, she, she's a member of the, the museum in Manchester. The um, Yeah. And I guess she's very much a, a fantastic artist herself. Excellent. But yeah, I, I actually, um, when these came out, I said, I asked Susan, would you go down there and get me a copy? Yeah. And she wow. also got me a copy of the Joy Division. Um, the Joy Division one in, in uh, Clearvine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I went up there to see the exhibition and just missed out on it, sadly. They sold out really quick. Okay, guys, I think we need to bring this one to an end. Yeah, but sorry, Gareth. It's all right, I'll go to bed and cry about all this tonight. At least you get to keep your wife. I'm going to, yeah, I'll keep my wife, yeah. Lose my soul. (laughs) Cry about fucking up posters. (laughs) Your wife's peeping around the door saying, what, for, for the Joy Division album? Aye. Thanks, Kate. Love it. This is a bootleg, this one. Brazilian. Alan, they can't see us. Put them away. Uh, Thank you for saying that. There you go. Right. Cool. Thank you, guys. I, I think everyone was impressed with that, that selection there, Darren. Well done, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Mark. Your one. Yeah, I think we're more impressed by um, Alan's collection of Joy Division poster. All of them. He has it. He has it. Absolutely he's every, still going. every single format. Yeah, <laughs> he's still going. Uh, we're not paying any attention. He's just showing off now. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're doing handstands in a minute. Uh, right, my my he's last choice. <laughs> my last choice, and um, 
Yeah, this this was actually a bit of a no-brainer, and I'll tell you why. At the age of seven, eight years of age, you um, you listen to certain, you hear certain songs that stick with you into your teens and your twenties, and then suddenly they come back on a um, I don't know, absolute eighties or absolute seventies or whatever, and you think, oh my god, that's that's fantastic. That song is brilliant. But it's it's not only that this particular individual started out with uh, Genesis in the in the seventies. God, you can correct me on this one, David. Um, it's it was his third eponymous solo album. Yep. He decided to leave Genesis when whatever what was it, nineteen seventy five, seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Cut to the chase. My fourth and final choice is Peter Gabriel three, or Peter Gabriel Melt, based on the cover. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the the reason I love it is because it's got and and this is the song that's got to go into the the playlist um, games are like frontiers on there are other great songs like no self-control i don't remember uh, and then he was very uh, very like um uh paul simon and that he he really got involved in south african music as well but i'm, I'm sticking this one in it's short and sweet uh, I, I think peter gabriel's best album and i could be shot down in flames for this is so, but um, Games of Life Frontiers and Salisbury Hill are two of my favourite songs of all time. Yeah. And uh, if, if you were to ask me a top 10 songs of all time, Peter Gabriel would have two of those songs in my top 10. I think I think Games of Life Frontiers, once again, we're going back to, it's, it's quite a politically minded album. Um, he's talking about the Cold War. He's talking about how childish uh, the Soviets and the Americans and the Brits and the French and what have you are with this, um, you know, this thing going on when we're under constant nuclear threat. And only people of a certain age would remember that. And um, including myself thinking, oh, we're going to be wiped out in four minutes. And uh, he, he just sums it up perfectly. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Deutschland 83, Deutschland 86. I've watched 83. Yeah, 83, 86 are quite, uh, 86 is quite good, 83 is brilliant. But it's all about um, going back into that time. It's a view from the other side um, of the wall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it goes in there because there were a lot of albums just bouncing about with great songs. But once again, this captured the time, and it captures the time for me because I was a kid, and I remember it, and, and it's sticking with me. But on reflection, at the age of 47, 48, next Saturday, um, it captures for me the, the, the political situation we were all in at the time. And Peter, Peter Gabriel was, he was, he was so right, I think, to leave Genesis to do what he did, because um, you then had you know, Genesis as they as they, they morphed into this '80s commercial band from prog rock to Peter Gabriel, who who morphed from I like I, I know what I like and I like what what I know in your wardrobe, crazy guy, front man, to someone more commercially viable. Mm. But but incredibly clever with 
his songwriting and uh, his performances. So that one's going to at number four. Yeah, funnily enough, um, in work we um, we always have crap music channels on. It's the usual rubbish that I call these days that we just played the same songs played every 10 minutes. I don't know who they are, but the young people like them. And anyway, today, um, uh, even the young people were fed up with the same music channel. So um, they said, okay, well, what do you want? Well, can, well, can we have something? I said, well, can we have something, maybe some 90s, some 80s? So fair enough, yesterday, they said, yeah, we'll do some night bits, some nineties. So, so well, well, what do you want on today then? Well, and I said, without me asking, they said, well, would you like some eighties then? Yeah, fair enough. So they put an eighties channel. And funnily enough, this came on mm. Games Without Frontiers. And I'm sitting there singing it. And I can't wait for the bit where it goes. It's a knockout. It's a knockout. And they're all looking at me going, what is he on? You know, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a great choice, Mark. And uh, yeah, I'll have to tell him about this tomorrow. Now. Yeah, yeah. Hans Hans plays with Lottie. Lottie plays He's with Jane. Jane plays with Willie. Willie's happy again. Suki plays with Leo. Sasha plays with Brit. Adolf builds a bonfire. Enrico plays with it. It's a knockout. Can you get? Can you get five five lines of a of a, of an opening to a song <laughs> uh, that are that are as good as that? Maybe right. after you after you dig a bit, but yeah, it's just it's just class. I don't I don't know what on earth he was thinking when he wrote those song when he wrote those lyrics, but um, it, it grabs you by the yeah. short and curlies straight away, and you're listening to it, and it's melodic as well. It's catchy, and, and you think, uh, yeah. And you it's think we're, we're, we're fed this dirge of stuff, Muzak. Yeah. And you can just put on a track like that and completely change your. Yeah. You know, way you're thinking that day, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's great what music can do. I've got, to, I've got to give you the next one, right? Okay, I'm just looking at the lyrics, right? Andre has a red flag. Chang Chang's is blue. They all have hills to fly them on. Except for Lin Tai Yu, dressed up in costumes, playing silly games, hiding out in treetops, shouting out rude, rude names. names. Just brilliant. It, it goes to show how absolutely fickle um, a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time that could have killed us all. It, it, uh, it's brilliant. And you whistled along to it because the chorus involved the whistle. whistle. Yeah, and and not to forget, Mark, of course, that you know, Je Sans Frontières, and it it, it was the yeah, name of it was yeah. the that, that international game that we yeah. never did very well at. Um, yeah, it's a knockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. International dipstick. Who was that? Who was that referee? Gennaro and his international. There was dipstick. the brothers. It was two, wasn't it? Gennaro was, well, and, and Stuart Hall. He was a commentator, Stuart Hall. Stuart Hall. But then Gennaro, when it went to the international, sort of European things, it was Gennaro and his international dipstick. 
which was used for measuring how much water oh, they'd managed right. to put in a container. Yeah. Jeux Sans Frontières. That was a highlight of a week at some stage. Yeah, Jeux Sans Frontières. Yeah. How did the music go? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it on straight after this. I really am. It's, um, As opposed to the UK version, which went... Gennaro Olivieri. And his Gennaro friend, Olivieri and his and friend his Guido Pancaldi. <laughs> Guido, that was it. Wow. Um, I, I didn't know Gennaro was actually a Swiss ice hockey referee. Oh, right. <laughs> Tell you what, Genoa is the best um, fish and chip shop serving ice cream in Warren Point, County Down. That's one for Je Jenny Kerr if she's ever listening. <laughs> Let's leave your <laughs> women out of this, shall album. we? Going back, it is a good album. A great album. It's my number two. Yeah. Uh, of the of the Gabriels. Really? It would be your number two. What would be your number one? So yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. So so was so was incredible. Yeah. So was incredible. Saw him live at the um the Millennium Dome. Because um, he was doing the Ovo thing then, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. When the Millennium Dome was like an exhibition play. All oh, right. Yeah. Part yeah. of your ticket was this live performance. And it was Peter Gabriel and all the people climbing all over the and doing all the acrobatics and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I didn't see Joy Division supporting them. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they were in Indigo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which wasn't actually built at the time, obviously. <laughs> Give him the poster, Alan. Give him the poster. Uh, sorry, you'd have to rip my arm, my arm off. Yeah. Flesh yeah. wound. <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. Right. So, um, <laughs> it's over it's to... a scratch. Yeah. It's over to David. Yeah, well, we yep. don't have we got left. This is well, one more. 1984 well, now. Yeah. <laughs> Too Excellent. true. Um, I have resisted putting my number one album in for this one. Oh. Because I've already talked about it on, on here, so it doesn't feel appropriate to do it. So uh, um, Talking Heads Remaining Light is one of, is my yeah. favourite album in, in 1980. However, it was a chance to, to call out another album. Um, Japan. Gentlemen take Polaroids. Um, okay. This came out. Very good. This came out in November 1980. And to set the scene a little bit, at this time Japan was still were actually considered a bit of a joke. Um, they they'd had a sound that people didn't really understand. Um, they were seen to be maybe a bit like Roxy Music enemy thought, maybe a bit like that. Um, they weren't happy. Um, They'd, they'd worn their influences as they'd been sort of as they'd sort of grown. Um, they wore those influences on their sleeves, and the epitome of a, of a group really who'd grown up in the public. Um, the first couple of albums sounded like um, sort of the oral equivalent of an adolescent photo booth strips. So they were naive, gawky, 
fueled fueled by these kind of misplaced hormones. If you see the photographs, they're they're dressed in all sorts of different different gear as they went well, through. Rock, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, in in seventy nine, they released Quiet Life, um, and when they got to to Gentlemen Take Polaroids, David Sylvian had this. Again, it's back to this thing about it's a transitional album, and for me, this is a, a, a big bridge between um, taking Gentlemen Take Polaroids on to Tin Drum, which is my second favorite album, as it happens. Um, so Sylvian takes this new sense of purpose, and he's evolved them as a band. The cover alone shows there's been quite a change. So it um, shows Sylvian as a sort of um, standing, looking a bit. Dirt Bogard in the Night Porter. Um, it's a bit of a new romantic flavour about it. Um, they'd actually moved away from the, their old album. They moved on to Virgin. Um, they did have a guitarist um, who'd been around for the first few albums. So they'd been on Hansa before, moved on to Virgin. I think they had a lot more creative freedom than they had before. And for, for Rob Dean, the uh, the guitarist, he was saying that transition to Virgin um, wasn't too tense, but the, the the label actually understood what they wanted. Um, sorry, the other way around. So they started on Virgin and they went to Hansa, so there was a lot. They had that sort of freedom to do what they wanted. Um, their, their stable mates were a mixture. They had the likes of Boney M on there, Amy Stewart. Um, whereas when they're on Virgin, they had the likes of Magazine, XTC and Simple Minds uh, on there. So there's it, it, sort of that, quite a lot happening at that time of the year. Um, Sylvian having gained this confidence, not only as a, as a vocalist, but also as a songwriter and as a, an arranger, an arranger of, of putting all of that music together. He had some very clear ideas about where, how he wanted Japan to be presented visually, sonically uh, and... The only problem really is that because he knew exactly what he wanted, it distanced him a little bit from his bandmates, um, came pretty obsessive with what he was doing. And he was a perfectionist, so something we've heard about, about a lot of musicians before, which created quite a lot of tension in the studios. Um, when they finished or finishing the album, they built it up layer by layer. So moved away from that sort of earlier those first couple of albums, which was just put it down and, and make of it what you can. It's built up, so it became fairly dense, pretty polished, very panoramic, orally. There was nothing wrong with it. And I suppose it's a lot, I like the sound that they produced, you know, and anyone who's familiar with sort of latter-day Japan, it was, or and also, you know, Sylvian as he became. It was, um, it was all very clean sounds, um, very aesthetically pleasing on there. Um, problem was there wasn't much place for Rob Dean the guitarist Um, he had uh, these Bolan-esque looks which fitted with the previous view but didn't really fit in with with uh, the new way of that Japan was presented Um, but for me it was an exciting direction that they took great great songs on there Um, and it's a said it's a bridge on to to uh, to Tin Drum and in my top albums the 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 band that remained then you had the bassist Mick Khan you had his brother in there as well um you had the keyboardist and, and the knob twiddler R- R- Richard Barbieri 
um, together with with Steve Jansen. The, um, a great album. It's up there for me, and it's one that I do go to pretty regularly. I'm pleased to say. So that's my fourth choice for 1980. Excellent choice. And I would ask, what can I? What do I have to do to join a band to be an old twiddler? You have to know the right people. <laughs> that is a great description. I, I, I tell you what, though, David. Um, you're the man who introduced me to Santana. I've said that quite a few times. You're also the the man that introduced me to Japan. All right. And I'm 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 grateful of that. It was it was it was the limited edition of Quiet Life. Oh, nice. A few months back, it was it during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and, yeah, it uh, did yeah as, as yeah last year, wasn't it? Yeah, stuck the it on. Yeah, I'll yeah. Well, on David's recommendation. Oh, Could nice. Stuck it on. Stuck it on. Loved it. I haven't listened to Gentlemen Take Polaroids, but I will. It's a progression. <laughs> Yeah. Because because your favourite album of nineteen eighty, Talking Heads, yeah, is fucking brilliant. I love it. Oh, nice and one, I'm Alan. Surprised. And, and I was half, half expecting you to choose Talking Heads, and I was all prepped for giving <laughs> my 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 take on the Talking Heads album. Oh, good, I, good man. I, I I love it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> It's uh, great that, surprise each other. Yeah, that, that oh. stop making sense are oh. my two favourite Talking Heads albums. Oh. And I'm like, shit, right. he's throwing me a curveball. He's throwing me <laughs> shit. Hey, we, we don't like to be predictable on this show, do we? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Alan, yeah. sorry, you were showing your Gentleman Take Polaroids Yeah, it's cover. Just, um, the original one that came out in 80. Um, <laughs> I think I heard, first heard the track Gentleman Take Polaroids on a on a Virgin compilation that they were almost giving away. It was called Methods of Dance. And it had tracks on there. I think um, the Simple Minds on there. I've got it. I can't remember what it was. But um, uh, the, uh, the track uh, Gentleman Takes Take Polaroids. And um, that, that's what really enthused me to go out and buy the album. Oh. Yeah, and there's a couple of great songs on there. Looking at it now, I remember there's a thicker one. Yeah, kind of fool. Uh, read Burning Bridges. So they actually changed their minds at the last minute. Oh, right. But there's an actual it's a sticker basically saying that the, the wrong track is is is, is affected yet. But it's a fantastic album. Um, and um, an album that was um, re-released a couple of years ago. As a double forty-five RPM and the sound quality on this, oh, is I'm jealous. Knockout. I haven't got that. Nice. This is. Sorry, did you just say it's a knockout? It's. Uh, <laughs> I said it's a knockout. You did. You did. Did I say it's a It's a knockout. For for those watching in black and white, Alan is showing gentlemen take Polaroids and not. Polaroids of gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to get that right. That's for our patron members. David, I, what I meant to say was Je sans frontières. Ah, oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Très bien. Uh, say Je sans frontières. Uh, mm. uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you can, you can swear you're from you can swear you're from Grenoble. 
No, joking, I'm not, I'm being serious now. This is a fantastic version of it. It's, um, the original version is obviously just two sides. This is two sides on, on eight sides of vinyl. So it's, it's also played at 45 RPM. Wow. It's one of the best sounding records I've got. And it's Amazing. brilliant. Amazing. You can still pick it up. I'm sure you can still yeah, pick it up. I've made a note. <laughs> You know how you know how we can pick it up. We're going to raid your house. Yeah, we're going to. I'll, I'll get it. Going to sell that poster. We're, yeah, we're going to get the poster. We're going to get the Japan album. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're going to chloroform you. Um, we're, we're, we're going to take Julie. We're going to take Julie to hostage. see your to, yeah, hostage uh, with, with, with 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 Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yeah, and the other and the other fellow. Who was the other fellow today? Uh, who, on your honeymoon? Oh, Bruce Foxton. Oh, oh Brucey. The two, the two yeah. of them. Like, I, I know about that. At least Julia know them. Don't leave my wife there. That's all. Right. I tell you the time that <laughs> Charles Dance made me a cup of coffee. Let, let's save that for another show. <laughs> uh, no, um, some great tracks on here. Um, ain't that peculiar? That is. Uh, ain't that peculiar? An, an old Japan track, but it's not. And also, also like um, taking islands in Africa. Oh, taking islands in Africa and swing. That I swing. melt. I melt with those two. Yeah, um, brilliant album. Production is superb. Um, and it's yeah, a I can't recommend it highly enough. And a connection with the with the jam that we were talking about earlier. And I saw the last Japan show as well at the Hammersmith Odeon. Yeah, and I can just picture now, even with swing and and when they change the mood and the, the they've got yeah. these fluorescent lights behind them that start or the start um, flashing around. There's some great key changes in, 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 in there swing. Is, isn't yeah, there? yeah, there is. Some, yeah. And it's and it's not and it, there's quite a number of them. Um, um, at least three or four going through that that album. It's in great key changes. And actually, back to what Mark was saying about the. The knob twiddler. So I, I think what I said in a previous show, I did see Richard Barbieri three, four, four years ago, and he, he he dug out his old synth or whatever the machine is that he called it from back in those nineteen eighty days, and he was knob twiddling on this thing. Who knew that you didn't need to have keys or strings to to push and pluck? That, yeah. that you could just be twiddling these knobs. And of course, on newer machines these days, you just need to touch them, don't you? It's a bit different. Is it, is it called the theremin? No, not at all. No. No, you wouldn't no, touch. You don't actually touch anything on the theremin, do you? Exactly, yeah. The theremin is is, is, is amazing. It's uh, used by the Beach Boys and... Uh, Bill Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. yeah I, can, I can play it. Can you play it? Everybody's got that. No, uh, call me old fashioned, but that doesn't look like a theremin you're holding there. <laughs> oh, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you're fooling you. <laughs> okay. Any, on that bombshell. I think, I think that, that's a good moment for us just to, to then wrap it up. So that's 1980. Yeah. Only took us two years to do it. Years. We got through it. <laughs> oh, I tell you, high five, high five. No wonder I was traumatised in 1980. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a, it's a retro look back at 
it's, you never told us about you were traumatised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew this was going to happen in like 2021. 20, Someone came down to me, the angel Gabriel. Yeah. Came down and said, well, 2021, in 2021, you're going to talk about this year and you're going to talk about all the great albums. And Jesus Christ, it's going to take a long time. A long time. <laughs> and here, listen, don't, don't be worried about you. What about the listeners? Think about how they'll feel. And that's it. That's it. So we've got any listeners left. I don't think well, we've we've got to we've got to get. Um, I think a better year, say seventy six, as he chalks it up. Year. You, we will select. Oh, we, we'll uh, select the the next topic yeah. offline. Oh right, okay. Are we not going to choose another year? I think we need to mix it up a bit. Not right now. Yeah. Okay. So the next one. Favorite the next one. album. <laughs> no, I, I I think musicals. We haven't done favorite music. musical yeah, theremin we... albums. We haven't done musicals. <laughs> no, we do okay. keep threatening to do musicals, but okay. We have, okay, we, 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 we have threatened musicals since March twenty twenty. Yeah. And, and at the beginning of, of, of this um, strange time in our lives, we laughed, we guffawed <laughs> at the thought of musicals. Now, I think it's time. I think it's time, gentlemen. Yeah, the time yeah. is yeah. The time is right. The time is Well, I would expect nothing more than that from you. Wig. It looks that's like a, a what then music star themselves. Wig. Oh, that's my Sparks. Yeah, so we're, I think we're going to go and see that on Sunday, the new Sparks musical. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. Brilliant. Oh. Brilliant. Annette. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Michael Ball is actually pushing for musicals. That's what it is. Michael Ball. Yeah. I not. You've never All seen right. Hollywood and Michael Ball in the same, same room. Oh, sorry. I wonder where you were going then. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of get it. Oh, God almighty. Everyone, let's just say goodbye. We'll draw a line under that, I think. Yeah, yeah good idea. Excellent. Michael Brawl smuggled in the show yeah, again. We did. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm, not, I'm absolutely knackered. I don't yeah. remember what we recommended <laughs> or whatever, but we got through it. We yeah. did. Well done, everyone. That's all the best. God bless. Cheers, Cheers all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.